Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. This week, we're continuing the newest component to our podcast, Founder Feature. These segments will be short bi-weekly episodes highlighting founders who participated in the Techstars Founder Catalyst program that we've sponsored since 2021. During the program, these women focused on refining their business models, honing their pitches, and building a network to help take their businesses to the next level. We're excited to share these inspiring stories and the important challenges they're tackling through their businesses. In this episode, I'm speaking with April Holmes, co-founder and CEO of Hero Hangout and a Paralympic gold medalist. We'll hear about her journey in developing Hero Hangout as a live video streaming app that delivers interactive experiences for audiences worldwide. She has such a powerful story, and I hope you find it as moving as I did. April, thank you so much for joining us on our Women on the Move podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm overjoyed. My favorite song, Stevie Wonder, Overjoyed. And so I am overjoyed today to be here with you. Oh, I love it. Let's start by talking about your business, Hero Hangout. Tell our audience, what is it that you're doing with your business? I spent a number of years as a professional track and field athlete. I had some amazing sponsors that literally took me all around the world doing events, doing appearances, autograph signings, speaking engagements. And one of the things I noticed from parents all around the world was no sooner than they came up for an autograph, can you sign this to say, hey, Sam, great job in school. And I'm like, okay, constant conversation with parents that they kept wishing that their kid was there. They kept wishing that I could talk to their kid. I began to notice how often that conversation kept coming up. Hey, April, can you talk to my kid about this? It went from everything from sports to school to their friends to you name it. They wanted me to talk to their kids about. One day I said, I can't be the only athlete people are asking to talk to their kid about stuff. So I began asking my other athlete friends, hey, do parents ask you to talk to their kids about stuff? They gave me the infamous eye roll. They're like, April, yes, all the time. Other than money and other than tickets, that is like the third most requested thing that we get asked all the time. And I'm like, okay, all right, now let me go to ask some parents. Why are you asking people to talk to their kids? But I started with my mom because I wanted to know, okay, did my mom do this to me? Like when I was a kid? And so I went and talked to my mom. I said, okay, mom, I got a question for you. I said, when I was a kid, did you ask people to talk to me about things? And she was like, all the time. And I looked at her real strange, like, wait a minute, I was a good kid. So the fact that you asked other people to talk to me, I started looking at my mom's side eye, like, what's happening, mom? What are you talking about? She said to me what I later heard echoed from many parents. And that is teenagers, our kids get to a certain age and they think their parents don't know anything. And they think they know everything. I apparently was that kid. You probably were that kid. And everyone listening was probably that kid. Their parents are not cool anymore. They don't know anything. And so I'm like, okay, I have the athletes checked off. Athletes are being asked. I have the parents checked off because parents are definitely asking. And now let me go ask the kids. If there was a platform that you can literally log on to and you could talk to your favorite athlete, entertainer, musician, astronaut, if you could talk to them and ask them questions about what does your day-to-day look like? What are some things you struggle with? How did you get to where you are? And I went everywhere. I mean, every time I saw a kid, teenager-ish for sure, without fail, every single last kid either grabbed their phone or they already had it in their hand. And they were like, yes, what's the name of it? They were super excited, like, yes, what's the name of it? And initially what I was doing was wanting to know if they would download. And I didn't pay attention to, neither myself or the rest of our team, paid attention to who they wanted to talk to. 
until someone said to me, well, are you going to tell us who's on the app? And I'm like, who do you want on the app? <laughs> then I start asking those questions. Who would you like to talk to? It was any and everyone. It was people I knew. Athletes, musicians, entertainers. Kids have such a wide range of things and people that interest them. And so because they are our primary user, we wanted to know who they wanted to hear from, who they want to see on the app. I want you to download it and engage. That's the backstory of really how we got started with Hero Hangout. That's what Hero Hangout is. We got a beta group together and we began asking all kinds of questions and they helped design the MVP of Hero Hangout. But parents kept coming back like, well, what about me? I want to be able to talk to Kim Kardashian. I want to be able to talk to Chris Paul. They had this mindset of, it's not for you. It's for the kids. Can the kids have something? And one of my mentors said this to me. He said, April, you can't ignore the people who want to pay. And I said, wow, that's huge. He said, you're so focused on these kids, these teenagers, that you have overlooked the people who also want to pay. And we're like, everyone's money is green around here. So go back and pay attention to those people too, or at least begin getting together a potential customer list of people who are also interested in paying and figure out what you could do with them later. It might not be now that you can address their concerns or their desire to pay or their desire to be part of the Hero Hangout platform. Keep them in your back pocket because eventually you might need them also. So tell me how this works. What is the experience like when you're in the app? And how does that differ from, let's say, social media, where many of our heroes and other celebrities are already using those platforms? So a kid gets a subscription to the platform, goes on, logs in, creates his profile on Hero Hangout, pays for the subscription because it's $20 a month, so pays for the subscription. And with that, they can see an entire calendar of everyone that's available to talk that month. And one of the things that we're asking of our, we call them superheroes. And so one of the things that we're asking of them is commit to doing two live chats a month. It's the equivalent of you just going out and doing a community event, but now you can touch kids and, and people all over the world. The kid goes on, logs in, whatever, and looks up and says, hey, five o'clock on Saturday, April Holmes is doing a live chat. And so they show up for the live chat. Now, during the live chat, it lasts an hour. The first 15 minutes, we ask the superhero to literally talk about something that's top of mind for them. Might have been they had a bad practice. They had a great workout. They just experienced something so that they understand this is nothing scripted. This is literally something I showed up to talk to you all about because this is affecting me. I want you to know about it because you're a fan. And I also want you to learn from it because I was actually sitting in your seat, in your shoes, on your same field, like those kind of things at some point in time. And then the rest of the 45 minutes is literally them fielding questions. Not only do you get to hear from them in a group setting, but you also get to ask questions. Now, of course, it's a large group setting. No telling how many questions they're ever going to get to. And then there's also a video library. So the video library is important because one, it's an archive of previous chats, just in case a kid over in Brazil might not be able to join at the same time the kid in the United States is able to join. And then the third portion of the video chat is they can actually see videos. They can see behind the scene videos. And we're asking them to submit five short videos every month. And they might be at practice. They might be in their kitchen cooking. They might just be hanging out with their kid and playing catch. We don't care. We just want you to show them some behind the scenes footage of what you're doing. Because of the live aspect, because of I can ask you questions, because I continue to go back and really see that hour long conversation that you had and some questions that other people may have asked that I might have thought about and might have been afraid to ask. And so that dialogue back and forth with the fans and the athlete or musician, that dialogue helps us learn as people. When they can begin to share those things, it really, really helps us dive into that fan experience. I didn't just have an experience when the spotlight was on. I didn't just have an experience when the television was on. Instead, you gave me a behind the scenes, in-depth, personal experience look into your life. And that is going to help me to learn, maybe to not make the mistakes I've made, maybe to make better decisions moving forward. There are so many ways that people of influence can touch young people. And this is just the platform to do it. I love that. It's very clear what a kid on this app would gain from it, what that value is, that great experience. 
for the heroes on it, the celebrities, the others, athletes, what do you think they get from it? What is the value of them being able to reach fans, especially kids through that mechanism? There's a few facets to that. One of the things that we always talk about, if you were to go ask any celebrity, they much rather prefer hanging out with kids. They much rather prefer talking to kids. They much rather prefer giving back to kids than they do adults, which is interesting. The phenomenon of why are kids so much more interesting than the adults? They don't come necessarily wanting something, but they feel a give back for them. It's, I can give back to this community. I can give back to this group of people. I can give back to a person that's sitting in the same shoes that I am. If I were to be reflective of my life, it's who taught me something that I still carry today. What are those things that I learned as a kid that are reasons of why I'm sitting where I am sitting today, why I'm successful? That's one reason how they can give back. The other is they get a portion of this $20 subscription. They get a portion of it. It's our greatest hope that they don't just take their portion and go and buy another fancy car or buy another fancy bag. We're hoping that they go back into their communities and they say, hey, this community where I was raised needs a new basketball court. They need some new computer equipment. Even a step further, and this is one of the things we talked about pre-COVID and we're really bringing this idea back right now, is that there are so many athletes who travel to different cities all around the country, all around the world. A lot of times they're sitting in their hotel room until the time the game starts, doing nothing. Like literally, I'm just going to sit here and play video games because I have nothing else better to do. Instead, it's the athlete who says, you know, I have two free hours. Hero Hangout, can you find me 200 kids and can you get them to this bowling alley? And I would like to show up. I would like to show up, shake the kid's hand. I would like to go bowling with the kids. If you can get these kids to this bowling alley, I would like to show up and go bowling with these kids. Because guess what? I'm normally used to being in Miami because I play in Miami. And now all of a sudden I'm in Boston. I realize I have some fans in Boston. Can you get some of them and get them to the bowling alley? Because I would like to play with them. I used to belong to organization and when I was competing as an athlete and one of the things I always did and they're like, oh, you just have to call the kids in the classroom and like do a quick chat with them. And I said, well, when am I going to go visit the kids? And they said, oh, we don't have money for that. We don't have money for you to go visit the kids. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take my own money and go visit these kids because I think there's something special when you could touch someone. When you can say that person was in my community and I was able to touch them, I was able to reach out to them. I was able to shake their hand. I was even able to like to size them up because Steph Curry might look like he's five foot five on television playing amongst giants. When you see him in person, you're like, he's actually not five, five. He's actually six, two, six, three. Okay. That's what he looks like. The ripple effects that seeing someone that you admire in person does for you, that is immeasurable. You start out by talking about your athletic career, and I just want our audience to know this, how really accomplished your career has been as an athlete. You have been a gold medalist in track and field. You have spent 14 years competing. You have dozens of world records. It is amazing what you accomplished on the field. And I'm curious, tell us about your story, how you came to competition, why it was such an important part of your life, even before this latest chapter as an entrepreneur. My mother has this motto that if you keep kids busy, they'll stay out of trouble. When I was a kid, she had me in everything and anything. We was probably next in line to sign up for basket weaving had I not found track and field. And so I found track and field because my uncle had a track team. And so I actually loved running. I loved competing. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just keep running, mom. Please don't send me. I can't do another nutcracker. No offense to the people in the nutcracker, but I just don't want to do another one. So nevertheless, I got in track and field. I was excelled very well in track and field. I was able to get a track scholarship to Norfolk State University. And one of the things along the way that she always said to me was, I don't have the money to send you to college. I don't. At the same time, you have the talent to get to college. And so use athletics as a way to pay for your education. And so I heard that. 
I won't say every day, but I heard a lot of these <laughs> and make sure you get your schoolwork done, but use athletics as a way to pay for your education. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got it, mom. I got it. So I went to Norfolk State on a track scholarship, ran there, graduated from there. And about five years after I graduated, I actually got into an accident and I lost my left leg as a result of the accident. Train accident. My boyfriend and I were in Philadelphia getting ready to get on a train. Driver to train decided he was ready to go before I got away on. So I ended up slipping and falling and fell underneath of the platform, train crushing my leg. And I literally laid there for 17 minutes trying to figure out if I was going to live or die. And I'm awake. I was awake the whole time. I was very aware of what was going on. For me, it was how do you keep yourself alive? How do you keep your mind occupied? Again, back to what my mom used to tell me, keep kids busy. They'll stay out of trouble. Well, I was already in trouble. So I had to figure out how was I going to stay alive? Because I knew that there had to be some more purpose for me in my life. There had to be some other purpose for me in my life. And there were so many things I wanted to do. Fast forward to finally got free from the train, got to the hospital, woke up in the emergency room, learned I lost my leg. But I was so very fortunate that the doctor that did my emergency surgery one day came in with some magazines about the Paralympics. Prior to that, I didn't know about the Paralympics. I never heard of the Paralympics, nothing, never even hit my Richter scale. But obviously, as a kid growing up, I sat and watched the Olympics many times and sat glued to the TV, admiring those athletes, wanting to be those athletes, those type of things. But lo and behold, he gave me the magazine about the Paralympics. I lied to you now. I laid in a hospital bed and I started flipping through those magazines because I wanted to see what my competitors look like. And from that moment, that's when I literally came up with three dreams for myself. And those three dreams were I wanted to represent the United States at the next Paralympic Games. I wanted to win gold medals and I wanted to be the fastest amputee in the world. It's crazy because I know when I told people that I wanted to be the fastest, I wanted to be the best, they probably looked at me like I'm crazy because there's only a small population of people that can say I held a world record. Even smaller population of people who can say I won a gold medal. As I'm on a different track, I'll say from athletics to entrepreneurship, I'm often reminding myself like April, there is only a small population of people that actually make it. Plenty of people have these lovely dreams, lovely goals for themselves, but there's only a small population that make it. So the times I find myself being discouraged, I say to myself, only a small population have a gold medal and you're one of those people. And if you could achieve that, then here will hang out. The sky's the limit. Okay, April, you're bringing me to tears, literally. I am so incredibly moved by your story and just so impressed with your mental toughness, your physical toughness, your perseverance, and the words don't even come fast enough. That's a remarkable story. I'm so sorry you went through that, but it is incredible what you did with it, that you turned around at that horrible, horrible moment in your life, the worst moment, and saw another path for yourself and was so inspired. I will be thinking about that for a long time. So thank you for sharing that. That is remarkable. And again, you did go on to accomplish unbelievable things that most people could never, ever do. So thank you for sharing that and bringing so much joy to other people. So I get where Hero Hangout is coming from. I just love it. Tell us this though. So now you're a founder. What's your ambition? What are your goals now? I'm sure they're very high and lofty and you want to keep competing. And how are you going to measure success? There's no gold medal for this. One of the things that we often speak of is keeping kids at the forefront of everything that we do. That's important to us because there are kids all around the world that all they need is hope. They just need a glimmer of hope. And if Hero Hangout can be that glimmer of hope to get them to understand, regardless of where I come from, regardless of where I live, regardless of how much money my parents have or don't have, I can still achieve something great in life. And so the measurement is, I'll say it's a gold medal, but it's really the young people whose lives are impacted. The young people who can come up and say, hey, I have your app downloaded on my phone. 
because of Hero Hangout, I was now able to talk to my favorite person. And the information that they shared is the reason why I excel at what I love today. That to me just gives me goosebumps because I know there's a moment in time where I will travel the world and there will be a kid that comes up and taps me on the shoulder and say, hey, because of Hero Hangout, there's hope for me in my life. There's an opportunity for me to be great. And these people have poured into me greatness. And so I have no choice but to get up and at least try to be great also. The fact that I was entrusted with such a purposeful thing to do in life, the fact that God chose me, that's the greatest gold medal ever. I can see it all. The value of that, the real tangible, what you can do for people is extraordinary. So I love the vision. Tell us when things get hard, what are those challenges as a founder of a company like this in the digital space? Some of the challenges are you just don't know. People will say to you, I can't tell you how many tech events I've attended. I can't tell you how many webinars I've attended. And they'll say, hey, did you do this? No, no one ever told me to do this. And someone told me to do this. Oh, no, that's the wrong thing to do. Instead, do that. And so trying to figure out, I say a roadmap has been challenging. The other part is with athletics, I always say to myself, April, you have a set of skills that you learned all your life with athletics. How are they transferable to what you're doing right now? Because it's not that different. The track has changed, but you've run at tracks all around the world. So how can you take what you learned on the track? How can you apply it to what you're doing right now? And a lot of it is the resiliency. I lost many races in my life, but I also won many races. And I won many races because of all the races that I lost. And so every time I find myself getting a little discouraged about, hey, this is not going as fast because I'll tell you, I'm a sprinter. I expect everything to be done fast. I move fast. I'm a competitor too. So I'm a competitor and I'm fast. So these two things are a great thing for me, they are not great for the people in tech. Because if you go to a person in tech and say, hey, especially the developers, hey, listen, can you move this over here? And can you build this? And can you have it done by Monday? Yes, I'll get it done by Monday. Monday comes, it's not done. Wait, you said Monday. Well, I didn't tell you which Monday. (laughs) One of my co-founders, he is a marathon guy. He says, April, you expect everything to be done in sprinter pace. And everything I do is in marathon pace. So we've had to learn how to do a sprint and a marathon at the same time. So sometimes we're able to sprint and sometimes we have to run a marathon. And the marathon for sprinters is so painful. And the sprint for the marathoners is so painful. So learning how to balance. I'm having the best time thinking about that. You literally found the two most polar opposite, the sprinter and the marathoner trying to do business together. You have to write a book about that. But it sounds like, first of all, your experience, but your amazing attitude and the fact that you will just get up after every single problem, you're just going to keep going. There's no question. We were so fortunate to get to meet you and know you through the Founder Catalyst Program through Techstars. And so I would love to hear from you. What was that program like for you? And how did that experience help you with the business? There was so many, I think it was like 30 some women in the Miami area that got together for that Techstars Catalyst Program. And to hear all of the amazing, amazing, amazing journeys these women are on, it makes you feel like you're not alone because that's important. Because one of the things that I noticed in my recovery from when I lost my leg was once you realize you're not alone, it makes things so much better. When you realize there are other people who struggle with the same things you're struggling with, it makes it so much better. It makes it so much easier to die just when you realize you're not the only one. And so 30 women, we're getting together every week. We're pushing each other because one of the things that we always talk about is we're going to win. In fact, we already won because we're here. We already made this important step. We already won this race. 
And now there's a bigger race and then a bigger race. As long as we're living out our purpose in our life, then all of the trials, all of the tribulations, all of the tears, all of the sweat, all of the no's that we have received along the way is all worth it. Our intention is to change the world through the purpose that we were given. And Catalyst, it was everything that we all needed in the time that we needed. So tell us what the next year looks like for you and then think ahead to, let's say, your five-year vision. What does that look like in terms of the company and where you are? Hero Hangout will be in the Apple and Google Play Store. Overjoyed about that because it's been a long time coming. It has gone in there for beta purposes, but it's actually going in there for the purpose of reaching young people and doing what we're wanting to do. So within the next year, obviously being able to really, really grow that, really scale that. And five-year vision, people probably will think I am so crazy for saying this, and I don't even care if you think I'm crazy. There will not be a continent, there will not be a state, there will not be a city where there's not a kid who can't download Hero Hangout, who can't find someone, someone to relate to on the platform that they can actually talk to, they can ask questions of, they can glean from them, they can watch some videos and not even just the people that they already know, but that they be introduced to someone new, someone that they never knew before, someone who happened to just say something that can help spark something in their life, that can help them lead a better life, that can help them even hope because every kid has a dream. Every person has a dream. Because I have a dream, who can help me to achieve that dream in my life? That makes the world go round. That's what makes the world a better place. And that's what I truly hope is possible for Hero Hangout and for all of the young people and eventually adults, because we're going to adults. We're definitely going to adults. Good, because there's people I would like to talk to. We have a large community that listens to this podcast and people would love to help you. How can they help you when you launch? We need all the help we can get. I'm being just as honest. I am not a person to sit here and tell you that I only need this type of help because the reality of it is there are so many things that we still don't know. There are so many people we still don't know. If someone is listening to this podcast and saying, you know what, I can help Hero Hangout or I can help April or I can help the team do something, then please reach out. There are so many things, like I said, we need help with. We need staff because there is no way in the world that we can say, hey, we want the entire world to have access to Hero Hangout. And yet we're a staff of three right now. Like That's not possible. Whether it's IT help, whether it's marketing help, whether it's branding help, whether it's sales, whether it's outreach, whether it's communities, because there are so many communities that people will say, you know what, no one ever shows up for these kids. If you are in that community where you're saying no one ever shows up for these kids, then reach out to us because we want to be the people to show up for those kids. We owe it to them to make the world a better place so that they can go forth and do amazing things just as you have done, just as I have done, and just as all adults have done. We owe that to them. Well, April, it is such a pleasure to speak with you. Just such an honor to meet you and hear about your journey. Thank you for what you're doing for the community, the world at large. We just can't wait to see how you're growing Hero Hangout. Best of luck. Thank you so very much. I really, really, really appreciate it. And we need it. So keep cheering for us. We definitely need it. Keep cheering for us. And like I said, anyone that listens to this and says, hey, I believe I could help them with whatever, please feel free to reach out because I'm all about fine tuning things. I'm all about community support. The community and the support that I've had has propelled me to where I am and the things I have achieved in life. And if it wasn't for people cheering for me, I don't know where I would be. Thank you for listening to our founder feature with April Holmes. This podcast was one of the most powerful discussions I've ever had. I'm in awe of April's athletic achievements, thrive, and her mental and physical toughness. The mission of Hero Hangout and her goals to help children around the world are so inspiring. To learn more, visit herohangout.io.
The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. To learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast, please visit jpmorganchase.com slash W-O-T-M. For JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.